Welcome to Investing in the U.S., an Aussie's Guide to U.S. Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the U.S. market. G'day, g'day, guys, and welcome to Investing in the U.S., the weekly wrap-up, episode number six. How are you all going today on this Friday morning? It's so good that it's Friday. Uh, good to have you with us on the show. As always, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. So guys, uh, where have I been? I've been a, been a bit missing in action over the last couple of weeks. I uh, apologize for that. I have been a little bit preoccupied. I had my parents in town from Australia visiting here in Los Angeles, which was awesome, and was showing them around the place. And then last week, I was in Hawaii. I'm now an engaged man. I was over in Hawaii for a wedding and uh, I popped the question to my girlfriend, my longtime girlfriend. So very, very exciting. And then it's you know energized me now to get back in the saddle and give you some weekly investing updates or weekly wrap up. But before we dive into it, we know you we have a few housekeeping issues to uh, to get to to go over. And the first one is that you know. As you know, over the last couple of weeks, the last couple of weekly wrap-ups, I am offering a free 30-minute call with all my loyal listeners. So if you are interested, please hit me up at read at rsmpropertygroup.com, and I will be able to schedule you in uh, sometime next week. My my schedule is quite open right now just because I've been off the radar for a couple of weeks. So if you are interested in jumping on a free 30-minute call, you know, whatever you want to discuss, the call is completely up to you. Just Just hit me up, read at rsmpropertygroup.com. The other thing uh, to announce is that we are releasing, well, I am releasing a book and it is coming in the next three months. But we, over that period of three months, we will slowly be releasing eBooks online, like portions of the book. So you guys can all understand how to invest in the US successfully. It's going to be called Investing in the US, the Fundamentals to US Real Estate. And it will literally be a step-by-step guide to understanding how you buy cash-flowing US properties, how you set it up, how you you know, go to finding your local market, how you understand to get the financing involved, how you close on the deal, uh, the type of deals to look for. And we'll also talk about how you run and operate and manage the deal from afar once you've closed on a property. So keep your eyes peeled out for that and keep um, we'll keep your ears peeled out for that because you'll be listening and you won't be watching. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, yeah, that will be coming up in the next couple of months. I'm super, super excited to announce that we'll be uh, launching a book. It's been a long time coming. And it, what it is, is actually the summaries of, of the show, the show that you're listening to. It's not, not the weekly wrap-up. It's the summary of our main podcast. And uh, each each main podcast, you know, we've done, what, 35-odd main podcasts right now. And it's each each chapter is a summary of of each each episode, and each episode has a topic, you know, right? So like how to start an LLC, uh, what are the fundamentals of uh, what are the investing lingo here in the United States? Each episode will be a step by step guide uh, for to understanding how to successfully invest in U.S. real estate. So it's an add on to this show. It's it, we've taken the content from the show and put it into a book. Super super awesome and super super exciting to have that one coming to you guys. And as I said, I'll keep you posted. So keep your eyes peeled. Okay. So in today's show, we are talking about the five uh, documents you need to get from the seller or the seller's broker when you're analyzing a multifamily commercial deal. And this can apply to any commercial deal. Actually, it could be if you have a warehouse, it could be if you have uh, storage units, it could be if you have a mobile home park. Um, but I do multifamily. My, my main focus is multifamily investment, which means I, I focus on large multifamily buildings, typically over 50 units and above. 
And these are the five documents you're going to need from the seller. These are crucial. These are crucial documents that you're going to need from the seller or the or the broker um, to to analyze the, the the deal property the deal properly. Now, I want to start off by saying that nine times out of ten, nearly ninety five percent of the time. Brokers, sellers will be feeding you fudge information, and it's your job, as you know, to, to analyze the deal property properly, that you understand what to look for when you get those these documents. So I'm going to walk you through them right now. So the first document you're going to want to need to get from the broker is called the rent roll, and a rent roll is a, it's a summary of the rents. It's the, it usually has the tenant's name, it has their move-in date, it has how much they paid uh, for, for, mo- for monthly rent, and it has what the p- deposit there they have. And sometimes it will also go into understand, um, understanding how much they're behind rent, which is a good thing. But at the end of the day, rent rolls can be fudged. They're, they're typically, they're on a, on a Word document or Excel. And the reason, what do I use the rent rolls for is I use it for to determine when the prop when the, when a tenant has moved in, and sometimes when you're looking at older properties, so you know that were built in the '60s or in the '70s, or if the property is being managed poorly, the the, the property manager may fill uh, the the vacant units if there are vacant units quickly. You know, it's within the last month or two. So you want to look at the move-in date, and you want to compare that move-in date as a percentage of the entire property. Uh, you want to do it for the you know within the last two months, within the last uh, four months, within the last six months, and within the last twelve months. And you will start to develop as you as you go down. You say, okay, you know, ten ten tenants moved in uh, in a fifty unit property within the last three months. Well, that's that's kind of a red flag to me because that it's it sounds like um, the property manager is trying to fill those units quickly to um, up the or reduce the vacancy rate. The second thing, so that, that's what I use it for. I use it to determine when the move-in uh, date is. And, and that's very, very important because it will identify the red flags. And if you have a large percentage of people moving in recently within the last three months, it typically means that the property manager is just stacking the units to try and reduce the vacancy. The other thing is that the rent rolls, as I said, they're just usually printed on a piece of paper. It's nothing official verify that the market rent or the rents that you're getting for those stating on the rent roll is in fact accurate because that's the most important thing. They might be stating, oh, well, you can get $750 for a two-bedroom, one-bath uh, unit, when in reality, um, you might not be able to get that much. You know, and they could be completely lying to you. Or the, or, or the opposite, you know, I've seen it that they've, they've underestimated. You do want to see that you're buying a property that has um, ability to come up to market rent, which means that the current rents are lower than market rent. That's the first thing you want to be identifying in the rent roll. So yeah, the first document is the rent roll. You use it to to, to identify if the if the rents are currently under market or over market, and if the um, when are the, the latest move in dates, and and that's very very important to determine if the if the uh, if the property manager has been just stacking the units to reduce vacancy. And just quickly on the um, the, the rent roll uh, and the rents, you'll compare those rents to your your own research of the market. You might go onto rentometer.com and you might plug in the uh, the, the address and say, well, what's what's the average rent for uh, a two-bedroom in this area? And it might come back at, you know, whatever it is, $600 um, a, m- a month for a two-bedroom. And you might see that uh, in the rent roll that they're currently renting two bedrooms for $500 a month, which is a good thing, uh, right? So you can see that 
it's under market value. It's under market value, which is good. But in, on the other hand, I have seen in, in cases where it's been over, and um, you know, you sort of just need to ask the the, the, the broker why, are, how they're getting over market uh, rents currently. So maybe maybe it's justified, maybe it's correct, but sometimes it can also be a bit of a a bit of a lie. So always take that information with a grain of salt. The second biggest thing, and I think this is one of the most important um, uh, pieces of information because. Oh, sorry, important documents that you're going to get from the, the broker is what's called the T12, the trailing 12 months profit and loss statement. Always, always, always the broker will be saying to you, this is what the net operating income will be on this property once it's stabilized, once you've bought it, once everything's going la di da di da But in reality, in reality, that is not the case. They are lying to you. That, and that tip nine times out of 10, that net operating income is a lie. And I've seen it time in and time, Time in, time out. That they will say in the in the offering memorandum that the NOI, you know, the NOI of this property is is X, and we're going to base the value on this NOI. Well, that NOI is so important to determine if that's correct or not. And nine times out of ten, it's not. And the trailing twelve month profit and loss statement will give you the most accurate picture of how the property is operating, because that's that's it, that's what it is. It's the trailing twelve months. They've they've used that P and L to to file for taxes typically. And that will then determine, that will then show exactly what the income was, what all the expenses were, and it will give you the most accurate look of how the property will operate. And I've seen it, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it where it's just been a complete, it's been such a big difference between what the, what the broker's telling me and what it actually is. It's been, you know, hugely less. Uh, a recent deal I was underwriting, the broker told me it was going to be $550,000 NOI. They based that value, or they based the asking price off that value uh, of that NOI of a of a of a seven cap. Um, but in reality, in the on the PNL, the NOI was $150,000 less. So I think it was around $410,000 or $407,000. That's a huge difference in the price. Um, and so you want to be using that PNL to walk through. Uh, the ex- line by line, the expenses that they're spending. You also want to identify the uh, expense ratio, which is the how much money they're spending on expenses compared to the gross income. Now, if you are above fifty percent or you're above fifty five percent, it's typically means that you want it is a lot of deferred maintenance, uh, and then you and and that, that's a bad that's a red flag. It's not necessarily a bad thing; it just that's a red flag, and you can go back and negotiate with the seller. Ideally, you want to have your property operating between 45 to 50% expense ratio. That's an ideal scenario. So yes, you if you're going to buy a value-add property, it, the expenses will, more than likely will be higher than 50%, and that's okay. But just keep that in mind that your trailing to 12 months will give you the most accurate look at the expense ratio, the NOI, and you're going to need to use that NOI to accurately calculate the, pr- the value of the property. Okay, that's that. I can't stress that enough. How how much that they the, the brokers will fudge the numbers and on the NOI, the operating memorandum, throw it out the window. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, because it's 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 a lie. They, they 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 love to you know fluff it up, make it look better than what it is. So the next the next also, the next thing I need you guys need to get from the seller or the broker are rental agreements. Now, typically, the rental agreements may not come straight away but if you do say you've got the rent roll and the p uh, pnl the trailing 12 months pnl you go and do your analysis yeah you've seen all these things okay you've gone back you've renegotiated because you based your value on it on, on the net operating income of the trailing 12 months uh 
then you and then you have a um, a letter of intent. Uh, your your offer is accepted. Then typically they'll give you the um, what's what I like to find is the, the the current rental agreements with the current tenants, and that is where the the rubber hits the road, and you can compare that back to your rent roll and what they told you before. And again, I've seen it happen many times. You get your rental agreements, and it's like, well, hang on, how come you know Lisa Smith in Unit One B, she doesn't have a rental agreement? Well, who, who's Lisa? Who's this Lisa, Lisa Smith? Now, it either means that she doesn't exist, or it means that they, you know, as I said, it goes back to that filling the filling the vacant units to try and reduce the vacancy. Really, really important to get the rental agreements uh, from the uh, from the property manager. And if you're dealing with a large multifamily apartment, it is it's it's completely professional and within your right to to expect rental agreements. Don't don't think you know. Sometimes on smaller apartments, you might not see it as much. But on the larger stuff, always, 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 and and this, as I said, this goes. These, these documents are the same. In, insert um, commercial asset here. It could be a warehouse. You might have rental agreements. It could be storage unit. You have rental agreements. It could even it could even be a mobile home park. You're gonna have rental agreements as well, or a pad agreement that the person pays you for, for pad uh, pad rent. So anyway, rental agreements, trailing twelve months, uh, and the current rent roll. Also, you'd like to see when you get into your due diligence is the current record of past capital expenditure. Now, sometimes people put CapEx into the P&L, and that's wrong. Capital expenditure is is something that you do to, to keep the property, um, you know, you, you do to improve the property. And, and sometimes it's not just it's not just repairs and maintenance. You know, capital expenditure. Let's let's give you an example of capital expenditure. Uh, you might you might have rehabbed some of the units. You might have painted the exterior of the property. Now, sometimes painting the exterior of the property, people put that in repairs and maintenance. To me, that's a capital expenditure because you're improving the curb appeal. And if you're doing a large undertaking of uh, exterior painting, say it's a large fifty-unit property, then that's going to improve the value. It's a capital expenditure, not necessarily repairs and maintenance. Repairs and maintenance painting would be like. Someone scuffed the wall, and you need to you know just paint that paint over that wall. That would be a repairs and maintenance painting, not in painting the entire building. So there's a difference between that. And when you go through your P and L, you sometimes people do record capital expenditure in the P and L, and that's that's you got to separate the two. And you ask your broker and you ask the seller when you get into the negotiating table or into due diligence, what have you spent on capital expenditure? Uh, over the last 12 months and over the last 24 months. And that will, again, rubber will hit the road in terms of how they've been operating the building. And this is all going to tie back into your P&L and this is all going to tie back into your um, your rent roll. So guys, uh, that is the um, four things that I, you need to get from the broker. Uh, the four um, really, really important documents that you'll need to get from the broker and or the seller. So it is the current rent roll, the operating, uh, the operating expenses, sorry, the P&L for the trailing 12 months. Uh, you can also ask, oh, sorry, then the fifth thing that you're going to ask for uh, once you get into due diligence is the previous tax returns for the property over the last two years. That's a very, very important thing as well because it will start some, you'll start adding all this information together and you'll start, you'll start painting a picture of what, how the property has been operating. So, sorry, I, I, knew there was, I knew there was a fifth document in there. I just forgot to add that one in there. So, sorry about that. But the five documents are the current rent roll, the operating uh, profit and loss statement for the, for the trailing 12 months. You're going to need the rental agreements 
any records of past capital expenditure. And the final thing is going to be your uh, previous two years of tax or the, the, the property's previous two years of tax returns. Sometimes the property owner may or may not give it to you. That last one, it's a bit of a question mark. If you get it, great. If you don't get it, you know, your, your, your trailing 12 months is a really, really important thing. And then your, your, any records of capital expenditure, will, you'll, you'll start to paint a picture of what's going on with the property. All right, guys, I hope you got a lot of awesome information out of this little uh, weekly wrap-up. I love bringing you this, this weekly wrap-up because it's a way of me giving back to you guys just short, sharp, fast, in and out. You get the great information, actionable steps, uh, and stuff that I'm learning in my business every day to help you guys grow your real estate investing business here in the United States. If you do like this show and you want to give back, the easiest way is by jumping on iTunes and giving the show a five-star review. It's super easy and super simple. Head over to iTunes.com and uh, leave a five-star review. And again, if you do want to uh, hit me up for a free 30-minute call, um, send me an email. Shoot me an email at read at rsmpropertygroup.com. Also, if you are ever in the Los Angeles area and you want to go out for lunch or you want to just hang out and go, grab a beer, you know, also hit me up there as well because I love hanging out with, with guys who come through Los Angeles and I love talking shop. Again, read at rsmpropertygroup.com. All right, guys, we're going to do this all again next week. So take care, be safe, and remember, happy investing. <laughs>